Joining us now on Kyle Brustin Nortman across ESPN Wisconsin is Jason Wildy of Wildy and Tosh, which you can hear 9 to noon across these very stations. Jason, good afternoon. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing well. Uh, you're the perfect person to help us answer this question. Um, you know, we are... Definitely not a perfect person, that's for sure. Well... I think maybe some people. Ian, maybe You're pretty darn close, yeah. Jason. Oh, thanks, Brad. <laughs> You're so kind. You know, you know, I was going to come in and defend your honor. I mean, he just said he wasn't a perfect person. Uh, I was in pretty darn close. I'm Even not you have to. A def- perfect person. Is there a song that's yeah, that, that was. Um, a, I'm not. What is that? Simple plan, maybe. Person. Who, who but stank? Oh, who but stank, I think was the name is of the it band. the reason? I don't know. Yeah, that's a uh, song name. You're the reason I do this show, Brad. Ah, oh, Jason. Oh, hey! wow. <laughs> Let the love affair over. I'm sorry. What? Uh, yeah, we're done now. Uh, uh, what's the? What's the? How, why am I perfect for this question? Because. I, and what is it? The question is: of the last two draft classes, which player do you think needs to make the biggest jump? Oof. All right. Uh, well, let me look at the last two draft classes, but I would say... For our poll to help, of, Jason, uh, LVN, off, off the t- Quay yeah. Walker, and um, Devon uh, Christian Watson. Wyatt. Yep. Uh, look, I think I think the two guys that have to make the biggest jump, uh, and I don't need to look it all up to, to say these two, um, are the two first-round picks from... The 2022 draft. Uh, I'm sorry, I have not. I've not been impressed by Devonte Wyatt. He's had a few flashes where you look at him and you go, "Okay, he's got some really good quick twitch." Uh, there's some there's some talent here to be sure, but I, I have been uh, underwhelmed by him. Uh, and I think that there's always a danger. I mean, not that you would ever draft a punter in the first round, but when you choose defensive lineman in the first round. I, I just think I've always felt like those are a little bit risky propositions because you can obviously go boom, right? Uh, Aaron Donald. I would say Kenny Clark has turned out to be a very good pick from the 2016 draft. Um, he hasn't necessarily been a dominant player, but he's been a cornerstone player for them. But, you know, Devontae Wyatt, he was a rotational player at Georgia surrounded by a lot of great players, and I don't think that he has been as good as you would like him to be, especially with a second year under his belt now, right? And so he would be even more so, in my mind, than Quay Walker. The thing about Quay Walker is he's a guy they need to be a stud, like a big-time player. And I'll be honest, I thought after after what he did in the first game, right, with the pick-six touchdown in Chicago – I thought that was the start of a breakout season for him. And as it turned out, I mean, he wasn't bad. I didn't think he was bad at all, but he just, he wasn't a field tilting player. He did not make a colossal jump like you, like you hope for your uh, second year players to make. So I would say that those two guys are at the top of the list. The Watson thing, look, I think we've seen what he's capable of when he's healthy but they've got to get that figured out because he doesn't do them a lick of good 
unless he's able to be out there more than he has the first two years. Jason, it concerns me that Matt LaFleur doesn't attend the NFL Combine. I went as far as calling it an organizational failure and a travesty. Now, I understand I understand the silo system. I understand he doesn't have much, if any, say in who they draft. But I still think it's helpful to understand players' character and getting them ready to play when they eventually do become a Green Bay Packer, and it's a draft and develop team anyway. So, I mean, do you share my concerns that Matt LaFleur um, not being at the combine is at a minimum suboptimal and at maximum an organizational failure? Yeah, and not only that, but here's the part that I didn't understand today. Like, And again, I'll confirm this, but I asked somebody with the team, you know, is it just Matt who doesn't go? Uh, I assume all the assistant coaches still go, right? And he said, I don't think so. I think and the so whole staff is the not The entire going. staff. Yeah. And so to me, that was even more surprising. Like, I could see if Matt had a bunch of big picture things that he had to get taken care of, right? Uh, I, I guess I could see that, I should say. I, I still I don't understand it either. I'm with you. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, I, I'm going to give Matt a little bit of grace here and just say, I have not gotten to ask him for his reasoning. He didn't do it last year either. Uh, I got to go back in my archives and see if at any point he explained what his thought process was. Now this all started after the 2020 scouting combine, which I, I attended uh, right before COVID hit. Um, And then I haven't been back since either. So Matt and I are on the same program, but like 2021, a lot of people didn't go. And then the last couple of years, you know, uh, I don't get it. I, I just, and, and as I mentioned on our show, according to our buddy, Rob Domofsky, uh, I think he had from his NFL nation colleagues at ESPN, I think it was 12 out of the 32 coaches not planning on going. Well, yeah. yeah. That's a third of the league. It's a lot. Which, more than a third of the league, which I think is crazy. So yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, I am with you on this. But I would like to give Matt the opportunity, not that he has to explain himself to me, but if I'm going to rip him, I would like to at least know what his reasoning is before I go, that's dumb. You should still be going. Jason, I mean, if the Packers are finding a formula of success of him not going, and you can, I mean, we'll talk about the next two draft classes or the last two draft classes. If the Packers are okay without him going and they still have an opportunity to bring somebody to Lambeau, is it that much of a big deal that he's not going? Well, you only get to bring 30 players to Lambeau. And they tend to use those on guys that are priority free agents or late round picks. So I don't, I don't think that they necessarily are in a position where they're, you know, able to um, just look at it uh, as well. We'll just bring in the guys that the coaches might want to talk to, uh, because that's not going to be the case in the early round selections. So and and, and look, Kyle, I know uh, you've been accused recently of having your green and gold glasses on. Oh, really? Uh, which is, which, yeah, no, I, I know. You've, you've said it yourself, in fact, in our conversations. But when I look at last year's draft, uh, I see Zach Tom, who is a stud, uh, and I see Christian Watson, who uh, looks like he's got some, uh, some, some ability, certainly, but if he can't stay healthy, it doesn't do them any good. But I'm not sold on Quay Walker. I'm not sold on Wyatt. Uh, Romeo Dobbs has certainly been a more consistent contributor. Um, 
They've got Rashid Walker, who could be their left tackle. So that is a good draft. The problem I have is I'm not willing to say that it's a very good draft or a good enough draft where you're unwill- you, you can look at it and say, mm-hmm. well, we don't have to worry about uh, uh, sending the coach to the scouting combine because we've got this whole thing figured out. Like, I don't think they're that good. And obviously last year's draft, there's a lot of promise there. But, again, I think we have to be careful of being too, you know, over – head over heels in love with all those picks because there's plenty of guys in the league. I'm not saying the Jordan love, is he going to regress question? I don't think we have to worry about him personally, like some other quarterbacks after Brad did his extensive study of uh, great first years of starters at quarterback. But we have to, uh, there are guys that are going to backslide, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. Maybe some of them will take a huge leaps forward, but I don't think, you can use these last two drafts as evidence that they've got this whole racket so figured out that the, that the coach doesn't need to go. Yeah. I, I find that answer really interesting because if you think about what we thought of, you know, Watson and Dobbs heading into 2023, you would have thought coming out of this year, they would have been, you know, one A and one B for, you know, the guys and Jaden Reed obviously leads them in So like, that's where I go next is is you kind of hinted at it, Jason. Like, of the 2023 class, who would you think takes a step back? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ben, I'm not going to predict that right now. I mean, who knows? I, I want to see what they do in the offseason. You know, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that I try to do once they get back together and we get to see these guys during offseason practices is who looks different, better or worse, right? Like, this guy looks like he gained a lot of weight or this guy looks slimmed down and looks faster or he looks more decisive. And so that, that's all the stuff that we'll start looking at. They start their off season program on April 15th. OTA starts sometime in May. So, you know, I'll, I'll have a better feel for that by then. But again, I'm not, I'm not saying that any of them are going to regress. It's possible that they all have really good foundations and they're going to sustain what they did. Now, you don't want them to plateau. You want, you know, the old saying about either getting better or getting worse. You want to see them continue to get better. But to me, you know, this is obviously a group that um, you're excited about their potential, but just because they went nine and eight and won a playoff game uh, and had the NFC champs on the ropes uh, doesn't mean that they're, they get a free pass all the way to next year's Super Bowl. They've got a lot of guys that still have plenty to improve upon and plenty uh, to prove, and and we'll have to wait and see what they do. Jason, we appreciate the time, and we will talk to you on Thursday. I look forward to it, fellas. Take care. Be good.